Good morning, church. It's great to see all of you. You know, I, I would like to think that as we're getting into this book of James, that, you would, that you're thinking, there's so much good stuff in this, and uh, I've heard it spoken so many different ways, but you never grow tired of it. But I know this for a fact, that when every Sunday morning when we come in here, there's people all over the place in their preparedness to receive whatever God wants to say to us. You see, some of us have come in here and maybe we've been kind of, we're only doing this because we've been told we're supposed to go to church with our spouse or maybe it's with our family. And so you're not really ready to receive. Maybe you even had a fight with them before you, you came in here. And so your heart just is not prepared. And uh, some of you have had a really tough week. You went through some things in which uh, your mind is just not connecting uh, with probably, I mean, worship, yes, I need this, but it's still, there's so many things that's happening to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, this was a tough week, and my bracket is just totally toast. Um, and so there may be things like a bracket, or there could be other things that you have really staked uh, something good to come out of it, but instead you've been uh, hit with different things going on in your life. And uh, when I think of, of these things that we, when it comes to responding to the word of God, that some people, they like to pick and choose what they're gonna believe or disagree with. Some are going to uh, maybe get, have a tendency to get angry whenever they hear something said that they totally don't agree with. And so I just pray that right now that you and I will just bow our heads and we'll just say, God, speak to me. I want to be ready to hear what you've got to say to me. It's not my words. It's his. And he wants us to receive. He wants us to grow. He wants us to become fruitful and productive. And uh, we need to work through and pass through all of that stuff that sometimes causes a hindrance in us in hearing what God wants to say to us. So let's pray. Father, your word is so powerful. It's truth. It's life. It's the substance of life that we need to feed on in order to grow, in order to live differently, in order to carry out the things that the word of God instructs us in. And so today, Lord, speak to me. May your word just come into me in such a way that I respond with an open and genuine desire and readiness to respond to the truth that you want to give us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to have one. Uh, they have uh, a copy there for you. Feel free to take it home with you if you like. And uh, also, there's the Bible app if you're using the version, uh, You can be able to go into events section and be able to click on uh, LAFC and, uh, and be able to follow along with all the words, uh, the scriptures that I'll be looking at. This morning, before we jump into the text in James 1, 19 through 21, uh, I want us to look at another passage in, in Mark uh, chapter 4. 
And we're going to look at verses uh, 2 through 20. So if you want to turn there. The reason I'm doing this is because I think that, that you are going to find in the passage we're reading that there in verse 21, it talks about the implanted word. And there is a response that people have to this word of God that comes into our life and uh, speaks of even how some of us are ready to respond this morning, some of us not. And uh, so I want us to look at uh, Mark chapter four, beginning with verse one. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around them was so large that he got into a boat and he sat in it out on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on the rocky places hear the word and at once it's received with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some a hundred times what was sown. So in this, you hear the word is being sown, but the word is sown on four different hearts or four different soils. So I want to kind of address that first, because this is how, as you look at these four different hearts, this is how four different people will respond to the word that is being sown. And uh, the first one is the hard heart. It's hard because it does, and it doesn't allow it, uh, the seed to take root. This would be somebody who would come in because they are so uh, disconnected from truth or disconnected from the word. Uh, they could be angry because of something that somebody has said about 
about God or that there's only one way, one truth, one life. And they can't believe that. There's got to be multiple paths to God. And there's got to be, so they're, they're in their minds, the, hearing the word of God does not mean that I should respond to it. I'm just opposed to it or I'm angry with it. So the person with this hard heart, when the word is spoken, it is easy for them to become offended, maybe even resentful and skeptical about what God's word is saying. And it says that those, that the enemy comes along, it takes the seed away and it's not, and, and it's never able to take root. If you find yourself with that kind of a heart this morning, you know, I can understand why there's that, be that tendency to even right now to want to push away. But can I ask you to do one thing? Keep yourself listening. Because I think there's something that God may want to show you that you've never allowed yourself to hear or respond to. And so if you find yourself in the next heart, the crowded heart, uh, or a shallow heart, excuse me, is that this is an initial response, but it's short-lived. That's like somebody who comes and quickly responds to the word of God. They hear a preacher preach a message, and so they respond to it. But the minute they turn around and they walk out, they may forget, or it's only short-lived, because everything starts coming at them. The cares of this world, the struggles in this world, the, the difficulties of this world quickly takes uh, uh, and crowds out that word that, was, that is planted in them. And uh, I can see that that can easily happen in this day and age when we just, there's just so much happening that the word of God just becomes just a seed that's been planted, but it's not taking the kind of root in our lives that is going to bring about a productive life as a Christian. Then you have the crowded heart. The crowded heart is one who hears the word, but is overcome by worries, greed, worldly desires, and it will choke out the spiritual life and prevent them from bearing fruit. You know, when I think of somebody who has uh, a shallow or a crowded heart, I think of somebody who is just so busy, so um, filled with, with this pursuit of worldly things, wealth, and uh, to be somebody uh, to have a great family, to have a great marriage, or all those things. And we're just consumed by all that stuff. And we're not hearing the word of God that, that is being spoken into a lot of different areas of our life. So there's this crowded heart. Then the fruitful heart is one that responds with joy and embraces the truth. This is a person whose life has become so filled uh, with, with much fruit and things, God is doing things in their life. And you can see is, wow, they are really being transformed. I know when I first came uh, to faith, uh, I had not read the Bible. Um, I once in a while might on TV hear Billy Graham speak of something, and, and, but, but I would push it away because it wasn't for me. But the day that I responded to the word that was spoken, I became so transformed, so fixed on knowing what this word has to say. And uh, people even maybe uh, after a couple of years asked, you know, what Bible college do you go to? And I said, I haven't been. I just study God's word. Because the word of God is so powerful. And it can begin to transform us. 
and it can make you so fruitful. So here you have four different responses, a hard heart, a shallow heart, a crowded heart, and a fruitful heart. So everyone here today is going to respond to God's word through one of these four different hearts. If you and I are going to experience fruitfulness in the Christian life, we must learn to hear and to obey uh, God's word. You know, I want to restate something that Tony said last week. A key point was deception happens when the flesh seeks to redefine truth, which ultimately redefines God. Here's what happens. A hard heart and a shallow heart and a crowded heart will quickly begin to compare what the truth that may be coming to them or they're hearing from, say, a pastor who's speaking, and uh, they will begin to run it through a grid of their own belief. And so they'll look at that and they'll say, well, I, I don't agree with that totally, or I, I, I agree with some of it, but not all of it. And so what ends up happening is that as we live, to, uh, we base our whole life around that, what we think is, is truth becomes a hybrid. There's a little of God's truth in there, but then there's my own. It trumps even God's truth at that point because of the fact that that's what we're listening more to rather than God's word. And uh, when you start to think about um, this, what it does, if I continue to go in that direction, is that I begin to change a belief about God or I start to redefine who God is. It's more God based on your terms rather than his terms. So here you are. You've come now to, you've got your mind fixed on the four different responses to the word of God. Now we need to go to James chapter one because I think once you have that in your mind, you're starting to see what James is talking about. So I want us to turn to James chapter one, verse 19 to 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. When you look at that verse, probably the dominant use of that verse has been on how we relate to others and how we avoid conflict. What's a way to make sure that we both arrive at the same point? That's where we kind of go with that verse. But I don't believe that's where James is taking us. I think he's talking about when he, especially in verse 21, when he talks about the, the implanted word of God. So I think what he's telling us is that, that we need to humbly accept truth and respond to it because it will bear God's righteousness and it will be able to save our souls. But here's what happens. The minute I begin to disagree with something, I'm listening, but I disagree with what just was spoken. I think what we do, the mind tells us I disagree with it, and you start thinking about all the reasons why you may disagree with it. 
Or you may even start to say, well, I totally am angry with what the pastor is saying right now. Or what, uh, maybe it was a podcast that I was listening to. You push against it. And uh, we're not being quick to listen. And it's not doing what God is intending for his word to do in our lives. But let me look at a couple of other passages because I want us to see the importance of listening. Um, First of all, in Mark 4, verse 24, it says, consider carefully what you hear. Look at the word carefully. Consider carefully. Don't be callous. Don't be quick in, in, in just listening to what's being said. Hear it out. And uh, I think that when you and I probably have a lot of examples of when we've gone to a business meeting and maybe it was to a community meeting, maybe it was a family meeting, and uh, which somebody started to speak and immediately there was a negative reaction in the room. People started talking over the person and they started disagreeing with the person and uh, they were never able to get to the point of, of really stating and clarifying what they're talking about. And I think that that can easily happen in that as we look at this verse, it's not talking about that, you know, I, if I'm going to avoid conflict, I just need to be quiet. I need to be uh, quick to listen. But I think what God's word, what James is saying here in this passage is that you need to be quick to listen carefully without interrupting, without speaking over, but listen to what is being said. Because the next sentence past where you may have a tendency to stop may be where God is really gonna nail this into you, where you're gonna really be able to find clarification and understanding with what God's word is saying. When I think of a a mother, a mother is quick to hear her baby crying and she responds to it immediately. I see that as the way it should be with us, that we hear God speak and we're quick to respond because we are quickly listening. We're not crowded out. But I think one of the, the lost arts of spiritual discipline is listening. I think that most of us quickly go into God's word and we're reading and then we're just getting up and leaving. We're not stopping to listen, to give God an opportunity to speak to us. And so our devotions or one times when we're, we're reading uh, or it's times when we are hearing it spoke, let me encourage you to do something so that your heart is more prepared to listen to what God's word is saying to you. When you come in and you sit down, just say, Lord, speak to me today. I'm listening. I wanna hear what you have to say. I think that's what James is driving at. We need to be quick to listen because God wants to speak. It's not about you filling your prayer time with all of your words. It's allowing God to speak to you. Then it says, be slow to speak. During early church services uh, that were very informal, that often listeners would, be, uh, would debate with the speaker with what he was saying. There are several examples of that in scripture with Jesus. 
where people were wanting to debate, disagree with him. They were even angry with what he was saying. And uh, because they're thinking, this is what the word of God says. So instead of being slow to speak, they're quick to speak. And without even thinking about what they're saying could be wrong. They need to make sure that they're hearing it out. So I'll go back to the same kind of groupings. Business meetings and family meetings or a community meeting. Often what happens when I am quick, quick to speak rather than slowing to speak, I will miss what maybe somebody is really trying to say. I know there have been times when I will say something and, um, and Leanne will say, what are you talking about? Because I started mid-sentence. I've been thinking about something. And so I haven't clarified. And so she is listening. But then she realized, I, I want to be on the same page with him. And so she, she wants to find out. I think that's what happens in here, is that you hear the word. And so you are maybe quick to listen. But what ends up happening when you're not being quick to uh, slow to speak is that you are arguing with what you disagree with. You say that's, that's not what is being said or that's not truth or, or on and on it could go. So you're not hearing the person out. Then he says, we need to be slow to anger. Now here you would think that, okay, this is dealing with anger's a sin, right? And he, James wouldn't be saying, be slow to anger if anger was sin. Because there's a righteous anger in a response to when truth is, is not being spoken. And a good example is in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 to 13, that Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written that he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. So his anger was justified because they were turning God's temple uh, from being holy and being a place of worship to a place of making money. And uh, so he is addressing that uh, uh, in a way that some may call that, well, that he's being angry. Well, the anger he has is a righteous anger. There's a time, and if I'm slow to react, I'm not gonna be jumping on something without really hearing what the person has to say. And then once I feel like I've heard say, maybe clarify, did what you said is this? Is that what you mean? Then you can be able to see if, if they're wrong in what they're saying then you can approach it. But I think sometimes we're just quick to get angry and we're quick to respond in a negative way to the things that we're hearing. That we're quickly talking about um, things that we disagree with, with what's being said, rather than saying, yes, I think I understand it, but maybe I need to go get some more clarification on what's being said. When I look at uh, Proverbs 14, 29, I think it provides a great example uh, of what being slow to anger looks like. It says, whoever is patient has great understanding, 
but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. I love the thought of whoever is patient or self-restraint. Um, it, it, is, it will end up being in a place where they will have great understanding. But you know, if I quickly get angry, I'm not going to be at a place of great understanding. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss what God may be trying to say to me. So what is James saying when he says, be slow to anger? It's easy to become defensive when we feel someone is accusing us of wrongdoing. The tendency is for us to lash out when we do. And it can keep the word of truth from being planted in us. I think Jesus, James is warning us to not close our ears to the word of God. And, and as James is preparing us for the things that are, he's going to speak about, he's preparing his listeners to being able to receive what is the word that is going to be coming to them, that they will be ready to respond with an openness to the truth that, that is being presented. I know there, there will be times to speak, but we must be slow to do so. There may be times to get angry about something that has been said, but we must be slower about the reaction. So before we speak, and especially before we get angry, we must be quick to hear. Then in verse 21, it says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I can see here, James talking about that our heart is like a garden. So when the word comes and is planted, there may be times when we realize that there are weeds in my garden. There's some sin problems that need to be dealt with. And you know, there may be times that I'm oblivious to what is wrong in my life. And that's why I like the, the Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Because it's like, search me, O God, know my heart, and see if there be any wicked way within me. When was the last time you took time to pray and say, God, search me? Show me of any wicked way within me. Allowing God to speak to you, to reveal some of the, the the sin issues or the filthiness that's in my life that's hindering growth of God's word in my life. I need to take time to do that. I need to make sure that I'm allowing God's word uh, to find its sense of being implanted in my life and thriving and being productive. I need to allow, be ready to receive God's word. You know, when I think of receiving God's word, I'm reminded of Acts 17, 11, which says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Do you see the eagerness, the readiness to receive the word of God? Think of the last time you came in here. How eager were you to receive? How eager were you to allow God to speak to you? That's why I said earlier, take some time when you come in here and just say, God, I pray that 
you would open my heart and my eyes to see what you're saying to me. Show me what needs to change. Show me that one area or two areas that could keep the word from being productive and fruitful in my life. Then when I begin to accept it, not as a human word, but as, as it actually is, as he says, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. I think when you begin to see, if I accept it, and I realize that it isn't just the speaker's words, but it's God's words, then you begin to receive it with a sense of excitement because you realize this is God speaking to you through his word so that you might be more productive in your Christian life. The more you and I continue to receive the, God's word, the more firmly and deeply planted the word will become in our lives. Then in verse 21, it says, it ends with the implanted word of God that is able to save you. And some translations even say, save your soul. You see, the word of God gives us the direction on how to find righteousness and God's salvation and God's strength, God's mercy, God's grace. And the more that I allow that word to be implanted, the assurance and affirmation of God's love for me becomes even brighter. It's been there, but you're just more aware now to what is happening because of God's word. I cannot live a fruitful, productive Christian life without God's word. So once again, as I go back to my time in God's word, I'm just amazed how at times I can read the same passage, read the same passage several times, and all of a sudden, something different comes out. Something happens that where God is speaking to me anew and afresh, and it's like I have to say, God, I get it. I understand. So what are some application? I think the first one is this. Read and listen to receive. When you open your Bible, why not say to God, I trust you. I submit to you. I need you to help me. I need for you to open my eyes that I may be able to see the greatness of what is there. Lord, take your word and deeply drive it into my life. I know there are times when you and I have devotions and we don't feel like we're getting anything. Could I tell you that sometimes I think it might be because we're not prepared we don't think about taking the time for God to prepare my heart to receive what he wants to say. We're just quick to have our devotions, read a passage of scripture, spend some time in prayer, and then we go. But why don't you take some time? Say, God, I need to hear from you. I need to know what you want me to do. And spend time first preparing the soil of your heart for God to speak to you, 
to grow you. And then finally, we need to apply the gospel to my, our lives every day. Every day, you and I have to reset our soul to embrace, believe, live on, and rejoice in all that Jesus has done for us. I need to tell myself who I am in Christ every day because so much of the world is coming at us. God's word gives me direction on how I can overcome. But it's how we respond. Are we being quick, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry? Let us pray. I'd like for you right now just silently ask God to speak to you. Do you have a hard heart? Or are you just not hearing anything? You're not ready for it. You've been pushing the word or God away from you for so long. Can I say to you this morning, God is right there with you to listen, to respond, to love, to forgive, to help you to work through unbelief. Do you have that heart that is so shallow? Maybe you once were really excited about what God was doing in your life. But all these cares of this world just begin to choke it. And you're not where you should be today. Maybe you're that kind of heart that the weeds have grown up in your garden. Your pursuit of wealth or your pursuit of just making something of yourself. The word of God hasn't had a chance to come in and really grow and thrive you because it's being choked by all this other stuff. And if God this morning has spoken to you that has that fruitful heart, this morning, God is saying, Thank you for being open to me to speak because I want to see you grow and to be fruitful and to be productive. Father, I thank you for speaking to us. May we be open to say yes to respond. And we give you praise, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart.
just want to continue that attitude of reflection and prayer. So wherever you're at, just want to invite you to pray these words with us, uh, sitting down either out loud, singing with us, or in your head, however you'd like to pray this along with us. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see I want to see you. Lord, we pray this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. One more time, let's pray these words. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Continue to pray and seek our God.
hospital room feeling wounded and God spoke and I tell you it changed everything and I think sometimes we're just so wrapped up in life that God so wants to just sit down and have a conversation with you. Take you by the hand and lead you out of the kind of the misery or the whatever you're going through. And this morning you may be in that kind of place where you said, you know, I'm just, I'm hurting. We have someone in the encounter room who would love to pray. It's to my left, your right that um, as you're going out the door, that they're there to pray with you. Be down here in the front willing to pray with you as well. But let me just say, 
it's important that we are quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. Allow God to do his work in your life. May this week you be productive in the things you do, that you'll see God's handiwork, his work in your life. May God bless you. Go in peace. You're dismissed.